We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And it's been a minute since we've done a mailbag. And so we asked for your questions earlier today. Thank you for all of the questions. Uh, I've been cracking up reading them, some very thoughtful ones as well. Uh, first one comes from at Young Old Timer. I love this one because it gets right to the heart of the matter. Okay, with your purple tinted glasses off and looking outside in, what would you say about the current state of the Lakers if you were a diehard fan of any other team besides the Lakers? We're screwed, right? And so the first part of that question is, I don't care as much as what like fans from the outside think about the Lakers. Not and now that depends, right? If you're if they're paying close attention, I certainly would. But just as I don't know as much about their team, they don't know as much about about ours. So I generally listen to people that are at least paying attention that I know are paying attention closely. That said, you could be paying attention very closely and come to that same conclusion like, yo, are we are we screwed? And I have my thoughts on this, D. I think it's a great question that our pod is really a long form way of addressing all of the little details that we possibly can that add up to the are the Lakers going to be good or can they be good or how well they are playing? And I see this is the most important offseason we, that we've had since the AD offseason, the offseason that we traded for him, which was a similarly chaotic summer. And so the Lakers are never as high or as low as I think that we seem. I think a big part of it is the brightness of the spotlight that shines on us. That said, beyond that, there's some very valid concerns about yeah. the position that we're in. How would you answer that question? I would say that the Lakers are, and I said this a few pods ago, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but they need a lot of things to go right. And whenever you're reliant on a lot of things going right, the odds are it's like not all the things that you need to go right are actually going to go right. Mm-hmm. I even look back to the team that won the championship. They got a lot of things right, but at the very beginning they were still doing some things that looked a little bit off and ended up not being the things that they were doing by the end of the season. And so I 
point to this a lot, but they played Troy Daniels a lot. They played Quinn Cook a lot. And Daniels ended up getting waived. And Cook ended up being basically a cheerleader by the time that the games actually mattered. And he was that well before that, too. Right. And so, Mike, I'm concerned. I think that they have, we talk a lot about the head start that LeBron James and Anthony Davis get you. But when you have to dig yourself out of a hole, you're not starting with a head start anymore. So it it's it's like when you climb out of a hole, yes, they're already on the ladder. And technically they have stopped digging, I suppose, but they've still got a ways to go before they hit ground level. And then they've got to get well above ground level. So are they screwed? I don't think they're screwed. They've got LeBron and AD, but they've got to hit on all of the big decisions for sure, like what they do with Russ and who the head coach is. And then after that, they need to back closer to like six, seven fifty, like six hundred or seven fifty on a lot of the other acquisitions when in a normal offseason, if you hit on half or four forty percent with the with the core of players that they already have, you would feel pretty good about where they're going, right? And, and so that's kind of where I am. The short answer for are they screwed is definitely not. And I come I come from, as you guys know, I am not a Laker fan. Uh, my life is much better when the Lakers do well, and I certainly, it makes my, really everything, my job, my own, uh, my bank account, like everything. Everything is better when they're doing good. So, <laughs> but I, you know, but I'm not, I grew up a first a Chicago Bulls fan of Michael Jordan. There was no Timberwolves in Minnesota. I wasn't like Darius and Pete, right, where I had the Showtime Lakers. Uh, and then the Timberwolves started in 1990, and I experienced pain. Um, not only that, as a Minnesotan, I have the Vikings who have never won. I have the Twins who haven't won since 1991. Um, I have, well, I mentioned the Timberwolves, right? And it's been a, like, they've never won the Stanley Cup just and, and just got the Minnesota Wild. But So it's... that. There's a lot going on when I came into the Laker job and and just was like, hey, you guys know how awesome it is to be a Laker fan, right? Like, you you realize how amazing this is? What better fan, what better team could you could you possibly ask for? And now when times are tough and you, for example, this season, it makes it hurt that much more having experienced all of the success, I think. And because once you taste it, right, and players will tell you this that have won before. And once you once you have been to the top of the mountain, it's it's hard not to remain on the top of the mountain. But just always remember that, A, there are so many other fan bases that wish that they were the Lakers, even if it would pain them to admit it. And B, there's always going to be another player that comes in. And and so where I look at this modern day, like this offseason could be tricky based on, you know, Westbrook's contract and what happens with that. But beyond mm -hmm. that, beyond Russ's money for next year. They don't have the like Luol Deng or Timofey Mozgov or something like that to shed. They have after this draft, they only have one more pick going out to New Orleans. Now we'll see if they end up sending more picks out and then that changes the equation a little bit. But I just think that with LeBron and particularly AD at that age and with sort of with some, I think the front office having some pressure to make right decisions and if right decisions are not, Right. Like there, are, I, I do think there are a lot of really smart people that are in the building. Like there are uh, there are uh, there are going to be very quick opportunities that don't necessarily seem like they're there right now for this team to be a lot better quickly. And 
and that's uh, that's without going into all of the advantages that Los Angeles itself has in being Los Angeles and the brand and and all of that. So that's a little bit of the longer answer. But in short, like, no, they are absolutely not screwed. And and, you know, without dismissing the concerns that Darius mentioned for this offseason, I, I would still look more favorably upon the Lakers than most NBA franchises. Certainly the case. And I think that the as much as we talk about the decisions and the impact of those decisions, the biggest reason the last two seasons have gone the way that they have have been has been Anthony Davis's health. And then the second biggest reason has been LeBron James's health. Now, I that is such a foundation of like I I can't conceive personally of any build that anything we could come up with where if AD's not right at the end of the season, we're a championship team. Now, that doesn't mean that none of the other decisions matter, of course. Like, because if AD was healthy on this team, do I think we're chipping? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. But do I think we, we that we win 31 games? I don't think that either. And so the that's why it, it like we're better. We're in a better position than we seem. And we have more talent on the roster than we seem seem to. But there is a big gap in that like three to eight portion of the roster where that's where I think a lot of the things have to go right. And there is not an existing current like core, except for like we've got good young guys that are like eight to 12 in 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 that part of the rotation, but not that middle three to seven, three to eight range. And so you have to hit a lot in that area in all in one off season. And so that leads me to the second question, which comes from Pickup Hoop. And he asks, what would you prioritize in a Westbrook trade return? Wings with size, guards that can shoot off the dribble, or something else? Now, this is obviously something we can only speak in generalities of, about, but the sweet spot I've thought in with respect to uh, hypothetical Russ trades has been, in, in my mind, are players that we need to get as many good players – let me put it this way. Let, let me say it differently. That is our best opportunity to fill that three through seven. And the ability to get as many good players back in that is paramount. And to do that, I think probably taking on other bad contracts, quote unquote, maybe guys that are signed for a year too long or make 10 million more than they should be as many of those guys as possible. Now, I don't sign the checks and what that adds up to. Right. That's that's a whole nother story. But I think that if we want to chip, if we want to put the best team that we possibly can on the floor, I think that's our best opportunity to do so. And so as much as I want to, I would love to answer that question directly with addressing skill sets. To me, it's letting the talent there kind of lead the way so that we can, because I think that if you don't have the necessary talent around LeBron and AD in the first place, like it's a moot point, you know? So that's where I stand on that. Where are you at, D? Let's go to break, and then I'll answer that when we get back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I value skill. And the bigger the player, the better. If if I'm ranking things, and I did, we did this, we had a similar conversation like a few off seasons ago when the Lakers were just a young team and they had just gotten LeBron, but it was like, okay, well, what do you want around this? And I said that if there was a Venn diagram, the things I value are like passing and defense and shooting, right? Because passing is this sort of substitute for skill and feel for the game, right? And shooting is shooting and defense, you need defense to win. And so give me a guy who lives in the middle of that Venn diagram or has two of those attributes and great. And if you're only going to give me one that has one attribute, then give me defense, basically. And then we'll figure out the rest. Those are the things that I value, Mike. I'd love to get a big wing who has skill. Good luck. Right? It, but but those are sort of the traits that I value. And I'd love to get as many players like that this offseason as possible as part of a rest trade and free agency and whatever avenue that the team can try to get players like that. That's what I'm looking for. I want big athletic wings that can defend. And that's about it. I can find bargain basement uh, ones and fives out there, but I want those. I want guys that can be on the floor and, and versatile and, and defend multiple positions. And again, this is all based off LeBron and AD. And if I've got those two guys that can be versatile uh, themselves, that can cover multiple spots, then uh, just give me some of that size, athleticism, and length. And I'll. I'm. I'm less worried about the skill and the shooting, uh, and than you guys are. I think. I, I place some degree of value on the ability to shoot a pull-up jumper and handle the ball. But if the 2020 team is California and the 2022 main team is Maine in terms of ball handling, I'm somewhere in Nevada or Colorado. You know, it's it's not something that I'm I think we need a ton of, but I just think we need a little bit more. Um, and I do think that we need a defensive guard. That's one thing that from watching these playoffs, Mike, that I, I think that there is a place for uh, for for those guys that can run over screens in and and stick with guys in ways that and chase around on the perimeter ball pressure in ways that are a little more difficult for wings. So I just think that like having a defensive guard or two is important. And it's I think it's close enough within your same concept that it's basically the same thing, just a smaller yeah. player. For me, for me though, for me that that wing would just be like Reggie Bullock or somebody who's who can defend guards really well and also happens to be longer. Right. And can shoot a three. But but yes, we're we're close there for sure. And so along these lines, our next question comes from uh, Nick Horton Tucker at Be Coolful. Uh, which version of LeBron do you guys think will benefit the Lakers the most? Him playing like a guard, a.k.a. 2020 or more like a forward center 2022? Well, it's a good question, because the beauty of LeBron is that you can get both depending on what the uh, what the roster is. But to in the spirit of the question, 
if I have to pick between the two, I think that if he's doing his his guard thing, then that's the easiest for sort of roster makeup and in still, you know, being bigger, right, and all of that stuff. But I think he had so much success as a small ball center and at times at the four. And I think that his game is sort of aging more towards that anyway, that I'll just say that because that's, I, I think that's the progression. And since we've seen it, you know, he can still like, he can still make all of the plays uh, at that spot. He's just going to make some uh, more for himself, especially if it's a spread paint. So, and that's where I mean, where you kind of get both, but if, if in honoring your question, which is a good one, I'll say the, uh, the bigger. That's funny because I I have one 82 game answer and one 16 game answer, right? I'd like that's that ball handler that I'd like that can just help us get through the season. I think this is what Dennis Schroeder was supposed to be. And then Russ was obviously supposed to be an extension of that idea. Um, And then come playoff time still has the chops to where as Mike, those more those LeBron possessions get more and more crucial that LeBron really is our main guy handling the ball and making yeah, decisions. No that player right. can shift into that off ball role fairly seamlessly. And there are a couple of, right. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But that's along the lines of what I'm looking for. What are you looking for, D? I mean, he needs to be both. And he needs to be both pretty much like on any given possession, he needs to be both. And so... And this is why I value like skill within the players too, because there needs to be guys who can like, you don't want LeBron bringing the ball up against ball pressure. Like Chris Paul, you saw what New Orleans did to Chris Paul in the first round playoffs. And it's just like that wears a dude down. LeBron did his 20th season. He doesn't need to be the primary ball handler for 70% of the possessions that he's on the floor. He just doesn't. The Lakers need to find a way to spread that out and then for LeBron to maybe get the ball in the middle of possessions. And as a finisher, that said, I want him receiving outlet passes. I want him grabbing and going and leading the fast break and doing guard things as well, right? So I don't... I don't think it's as easy. I don't think it's as easy to say like, oh, he needs to be this or or he needs to be that or what version I want most. I want him to be able to play at the level where he can be both. Because honestly, if he has to be any one thing, it means the roster is deficient in a way yes. that is problematic for their long term goals. Very well said. All right. Next one comes from at Osketchy Sports. He says we had a couple of young guys on the team who I think can make an impact on next season's team if they're still around. So so what do you think uh, guys like Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves, and THT need to improve on to help get the team where it wants to be? So I'll start. I need Austin to be able to stand up stronger defensively than what he did. And I need him to get back to being like the shooter that his profile says that he can be, right? And if Austin can make 38% of his open threes and like, you know, 38 to 40% of his open threes and then like 36, 37% of the other types of threes, then he's going to be a super valuable player. And I think that he could be other guard that could do some things and if he 
gets in, I don't want to say in better shape, but just like under, understanding now what the rigors of a long NBA season are, and he conditions his body to better be able to handle that and get stronger after an offseason, then like Austin's probably the guy that I'm highest on because he has that skill set that I think is important and he has that competitiveness defensively that Mike was talking about in terms of value, like valuing. And he brings it at a guard position, Pete, which is something that you said that you valued. So he checks a lot of boxes to me as someone who can do a lot of things that could help this specific team, particularly as a partner for LeBron and AD. Well, Darius was talking about skill set and valuing that. And I think that a skill, although it wouldn't, I don't know if it would technically be defined as this, is basketball IQ and sort of the way that if if you understand how to play basketball and really understand Caruso was a guy like this who had Caruso doesn't have kind of the, you know, the same type of break you down one on one off the dribble type ball skills or maybe the same shooting skill as some guys. But his IQ, instead of needing that, he would just cut back door on a guy and go get a layup. Right. Or he would set a screen on the weak side, you know, to free AD at the right time to go get LeBron. So that IQ can make up a lot uh, in just sort of old guy at the park type skills. Right. Is that's mental. That's a mental skill in a way. And Reeves has some of that. Reeves, Reeves really does. I think he really understands the way to play the game. And then he can bring you some real primary skills, as we saw in that Denver game, where he can cross dudes over. Like, he can finish uh, through traffic. He can get in a nice rhythm from three. So he's, to me, he's a guy that we have to get over the fact that he was undrafted when we think about his talent and just watch the film on him compared to some of the other rookies and realize that he's just a good player. He's a really good player, and that's that's the kind of guy that you know the Lakers need as they as they get back to to address the first question we got. Like another reason why I think they're not in trouble is that the scouting department has found ways to identify these guys mm-hmm. even when they don't have a second round pick and get one or two of those guys a year. Let them continue to develop, and and he will. He'll just develop on his own. He'll get a little bigger. He'll get a little stronger. He'll he'll understand what his body needs. All that all of that stuff will just happen organically. Uh, and then he's got the brain, I think, to keep to keep knowing what he's got to do physically and to add to all that. The guy I'd like to talk about in that group is Stanley Johnson. Um, he is a jump shot away, right? And I don't know. He's somebody that really impressed me as a person and as a player this season. Agreed. He had probably my favorite quotes from the exit interviews talking about like – or it was either the exit interviews or like a post game, the second to last game of the season. But he was like – this sucks. We weren't supposed to be here, but we absolutely deserve to be in this position. And if we're upset about it, if we want to do something about it, we can do that over the course of the summer. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit about Stanley Johnson and the other young guys summer. So I think in the process of this season, we stumbled upon a pretty good group of young guys. And that now, where they would fall in the rotation of a championship team, I think that we could could, could debate. I th- but I think that Austin and Stanley in particular are two guys that that with a good summer can absolutely be in an eight nine man rotation on a really good team. Now, in both of their instances, becoming 
better shooters is a big part of that. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head with Austin. I think that the conditioning is a big part of that. I think it's more that than anything else is just like being able to get through the rigors of the season, as you said, that I think when he went through a big shooting slump in the second half of the year, I the types of misses like when guys no are likes. just like it's yeah, sailing no yeah the ball's like he's airballing he was like his airball f- frequency was probably every seven or eight shots he was airballing a three and that's just in my experience that's usually indicative of conditioning and then you know defenses are attacking him right in his chest and if you want to be in a playoff rotation those are the type of guys that I call entry points for an offense, right? The way that series end up breaking down is you look at the personnel on the other team is, and you say, who are we going to target? Who are we going to target on the other team? And during regular season games, D, that was Austin. Now, Stanley Johnson, of all of our young guys in particular, I thought showed the greatest diversity between his defense, his effort, and his role as a short role player, I think that he it's it's so funny because I thought Russ was going to catalyze this. But one of the things about how we use LeBron going forward is I think we stumbled on some cool drive and kick stuff that didn't necessarily have to involve Russell Westbrook. And it was Stanley Johnson and Austin Reeves and where LeBron is operating as a big man, but also the decision maker. It's kind of this Jokic-y type of but it like it's in that area, right? Like this decision making big along these guys that can short roll, that can cut, and Stanley can make that little floater. He's got ability with both hands. Like Stanley, both Stanley and Austin are this close, Mike, from in my eyes, from being like MLE and above caliber players. But I think their jump shots are real key in that. A little note on Stanley. The all the stuff that we talked about with Austin and kind of what he has to develop in the offseason physically and his body wise. You don't think about that with Stanley because he's got one of those bodies that was just crafted from the basketball gods in in a way that LeBron does. Now, he's not Mm – nobody's at LeBron's full level, but you just just walk next to Stanley in person and you can just tell. Like he's he's not – he's always had – and Pete, you watched him in high school. Like he's always been big, strong, athletic. Like he's – so that part of it, it's to me, it's much more about skill. And now that he's mentally, I think, understanding where his role is, that's opening, that's allowing him, I think, to to improve on his skill stuff, you know, since he he's getting the mental a lot better. Uh, just one last thing. I think it's just ironic that we mentioned Stanley Johnson, who was 10, like COVID 10 day, COVID 10 day, standard 10 day, like, signed for the rest of the season guy and undrafted Austin Reeves. And we didn't really talk about THT at all. Now you can go back through the pods. We've talked plenty about THT, the good and the frustrations, but I've been down on THT at several times this season. But if the Lakers do not have Russell Westbrook next season, and there are more on ball opportunities for a guard, who can get to the basket and show some ability like i'm i have not sold all my tht stock let's just Likewise. leave it there so let's get to another question though Pete. yeah absolutely and i'm I'm with you on tht i like he's got to play in the role that he's he's supposed to play in right like he's got a he's a 
uh, an on-ball guard. And but I think that there may absolutely be that um, that opening next year for a power guard. So we shall see. All right. Next question comes from at Bertong 2K asks, as recently as late 2020, AD was considered to be at worst a top seven player and in the top five conversation for a lot of fans and analysts. Presuming health, how close to that does he have to be for the Lakers to truly contend? What is reasonable for fans to expect of him? That's a two part question. How close does he have to be for the Lakers to contend? He has to be at that level. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say. If the Lakers are going to win a championship, you need two top 10 players. Well, that's our build. That's the whole like yeah, point and idea of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the closer AD is to being a top five guy, then the closer the Lakers are to winning the championship. If he's healthy and he's making his jump shot and he's a monster defensively, then congratulations. The door remains open for you. What's reasonable to expect for AD? This is where I have less answers. The way that Mike, the way that his last two seasons have been wrecked by injury, some of them, um, the Achilles stuff, you know, um, that was wear and tear stuff, I think, from like the bubble and just like lower leg stuff and just dealing with the wear of long season runs and quick turn turnovers and then like him not being in optimal shape in the year right after the well, the bubble. This year it was fluky stuff, right? And a guy falls into his leg. Um, he jumps and lands wrong on a guy's ankle. These are rough injuries. And, and so I don't think AD is ever going to be a guy who's like, oh, yeah, I play 80 games and average 37 minutes a night. So I don't expect that. But what is reasonable to expect, Mike? Because I know what the Lakers need. The Lakers need roughly, I don't know, 66 to 70 games of Anthony Davis basically in his prime years, like at prime level play. Is it fair to expect that? Like I would, you would hope that it is fair to expect, but the last couple of years have like sort of scarred me as just a fan because (laughs) it's just because like it's, it's been a while since you've seen even a 15 game stretch of what he looked like in his first season with, with the team. And that was a long time ago. That was three seasons ago now. Like we're going into that. So so I don't know what's fair to expect at this point. Statistically speaking, and I don't mean in terms of, you know, war or like the real advanced advanced stats. We don't even talk about that much or uh, but in terms of just production points, rebounds, assists, block steals, field goal percentage, like sort of your raw stats like AD was still j- about the fifth best player on average this season. And just in terms of overall productivity when he's on the court doing stuff like that. So he it's not like that went anywhere. I think where what AD and and this is a question mark as opposed to something that you just expect for sure. AD's got to get that final edge back and that that sort of that proving to everybody like he felt like he had to do after what happened in New Orleans. And once he got to L.A., and he hadn't won yet, and he was called injury prone and all that. And, and it, AD, I think, really felt like he conquered all of those demons when he won the title. And what AD's got to realize, and this is easier said than done, but what LeBron realizes is that everyone completely forgets about what you did the previous year until you do it about six times. Like year after year, after year like LeBron had to get to the finals eight out of 10 years, Man. right? 
And there's still going to be some so true. So, yes. so that's that final edge. Like, can can AD come into a season with that? And we don't know. We don't know. This season, you saw it at certain times. But like Darius said, you didn't see it for a stretch. Now, you might still – he might go for 29-10 with four blocks and two assists. But even that is easy for him because of his talent sometimes. So – I'm that's the part that AD's got to answer. And some people are going to I think fewer people are expecting it than you would like based on what the talent level is. But that's uh, that's secondary to just him being just him being on the court. You know, he can be that amazing second peg to somebody like LeBron if LeBron's still in that in that at that stage. But he's like like Jokic was like this as how AD is now before he really came into his own a couple of years ago. And then he really, this season, took a whole nother step up where every single night now, Jokic, for the most part, is bringing that effort, just like Giannis is. And AD hasn't gotten to that point. There was a little bit of that in New Orleans when he had to be the man every night. But, and then for the Lakers, he got to be the secondary man. So anyway, Pete, let me let me stop talking now uh, as, as I go on. But I, I'm AD remains very confounding in this sense. No, I think you're right on with that idea of getting his edge back. And I think that, in my mind, answers the question of what is fair to expect from him. And I expect him to have a great summer. I expect him to have a productive summer in the ways that he has control over, right? And so the biggest, the easiest, most tangible thing, it's funny, this is kind of a through line of several players, and I know it's low-hanging fruit, but it's it's important in every individual player that we've discussed so far, and that's his jump shot, right? That's something that get up, get your work in, Right. And I, I know absolutely nothing about his schedule or what he does or what he doesn't do. But that is whatever that looks like to him in terms of like th- getting the most out of his game. D, that's where I'm at, like as far as expectations go, because if he has a great summer, I think everything else falls into place if he's healthy. Right. And that's obviously the first first part. But the the summer and the work over it is where it all starts. Yeah, and in a funny way, it's like the same things I said about Austin, they're true for AD as well. Like, I'd like for him to get his body right. Yep, like, yep. And I'd like for him to get his jump shot right. I know. And both players are very capable of doing those two mm-hmm. things. AD especially because he made the top 75 team, for God's sake. This dude is one of the best players. And we always forget. Because he's just one of those dudes that's just like, okay, but he's one of those generational players to me. And if he does play with that edge that Mike was talking about, the way that he did against Philly, for example, when he went toe-to-toe with Embiid and basically outplayed him. And Embiid's probably going to win the MVP this year. And AD was just like, I'm just as good, if not better, than you. And I'm just going to show it tonight because I can. And that's the dude. Right. And so whether or not you can expect that every night, you can't. But it's just like, I know that that dude exists. And so like that's Anthony Davis. All right. Two last ones. We got one quick one. Mike, we have a question for Riggs here. Comes from (laughs) at... It comes from TMR. I'm not going to say this dude's at. Question specifically for Riggs here. Dino Nuggets or PB&J Sandwich? Is he at that point? So, yeah. I mean, he eats basically everything. And if I had to pick between the two, I'd say probably Dino Nuggets because the twins, for some bizarre reason, don't consume a lot of PB&J. They're, I mean, the amount of 
snack foods that goes on in our house is absolutely insane. And just the sheer nature of having to make a sandwich almost eliminates that from the run of the mill thing. That's how on the go all three of my boys are. Um, I will give you some sound from Riggs uh, today. This is on a different topic, but for LA people might like this. Go Dodgers! Hey! Go Dodgers! Now, go Dodgers! It, yeah, it's let's go Dodgers, but he's still let's working on Dodgers. that part. But yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, those L's are hard. Go Dodgers! <laughs> that's our guy. Go Dodgers! Yeah, so that's that's the vibe that he's on uh, right now. Thank right. you for the it's, question. It's a, and, and I appreciate the love sub- for, uh, for Ricks. Always, always, yes. He was in a bad mood today because he didn't he didn't find his way uh, into the garage while I was recording the earlier pod, and and so he was he was a little upset. He didn't get to see you guys. <laughs> All right, I think we'll wrap up there. Uh, everybody, you have a good weekend. This will be the last pod of the week. We will be back on Monday, but until then, I suppose I, you've suppose been I should have had him say Lakers uh, for for that one, but you know it was before the it's, Dodger game, so but it's, it's right Dodger now. season. Mike and yeah, the Lakers, Lakers are playing yeah. right now, no, man. Like, well, also, get it. too. In fact, let, I don't want him to remember this season. I'm glad let, he's yes. young. No, we, let him. He has to grow up a Laker fan, Mike. And so, like, this will be well, very remember, harmful he, to me. He if was born. He was born a month, well, two months before the bubble title. So you know, oh, so he right. has experienced glory uh, already. Well, that's let good. Me, I let too was say, born the year of a Lakers championship. So yeah, that's a harbinger of good things. Yeah, let me just say that. When the Lakers are better, then we'll let Riggs say their name, right? Until then, they don't deserve it. Yeah, he doesn't like, need to, because then that goes like, Daddy, why are they down 25? And, yeah, yeah, no, 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 let's, well, let's give it we'll, another we'll offseason. listen to the pod if he, if he needs to understand what's going on with Laker basketball. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. really, that's, that's, that's right. what we're trying to do here. That's right. And as we know, he's a frequent listener. So, you know, he's he's learning the right way. And and our most uh, frequent guest as well. All right, y'all. Everybody have a great weekend. You've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. They win. Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's, There's the move. Two. Listen. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yes. With a little tap to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers.
the Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.